Welcome to Equal Parts, a series of true love stories told by the couples themselves. Apparently, your emotions are heightened when you fly, but have you ever fallen in love on a plane? In today's episode, perfect strangers Gabe and Christina find out there's more between them than an armrest, and it's something that's worth flying back and forth across the country for. In a poetic parallel, these two love to travel, and travel led them to love. I'm Gabe. I'm 38 years old. I uh, I tag along with my fiance. So she's a performer. Uh, I work in uh, marketing, so I work remotely. I'm Christina. I'm originally from New York, and I'm currently in Germany performing in Aladdin the Musical. I was uh, born and raised in Germany initially, and my father's French, my mother's American. From from Germany, then I went to uh, the States, and now I'm back to kind of globe trotting, going with the flow. My partner is Gabriel, or Gabe, and we've been together four years. I would describe Gabe as, well, with me, um, very outgoing, and he likes to push my buttons particularly, but he is very caring and insightful. I think he can read me very, very well. He is really just super giving. She's a very devoted, dedicated, genuine, real person. She knows what she wants. She knows where her passion is. She knows what she's good at. She also knows what she's not good at. And, um, you know, what you see is what you get. There's no games. There's no BS. And it's someone that can be your best friend, but also someone that can be a partner. Just before I met Gabe, I feel like I was just very comfortable and confident in where I was and what I was doing. Like, I wasn't looking for a partner, but I was just very satisfied and in my skin like I was really enjoying my career I was enjoying my free time my friends and just being like I wasn't looking for something I just felt like exactly centered and where I was supposed to be Gabe was uh, not looking for a relationship based on recent experiences was not really convinced that monogamy was a real thing that worked and was kind of ready to do his own thing I got out of a relationship earlier that year, four-year relationship, and I was like in a headspace where, you know, I recognized that I always put myself in these relationships that like, I knew they weren't real. I just stayed in them and it was not, it's not a healthy thing. And I just realized that about myself. So I just got done um, visiting my family. Uh, I was in Greece, I was in Germany, and I was like, okay, time to go back to New York. And I was like, eh, I'm not, not ready. So. In Germany, I booked a ticket to visit a friend in LA and then to go to my cousin's wedding in Seattle. And then just kind of extended my like two months road trip by another few weeks. And so when I got to the terminal, I just got back from Greece, actually spent the night in the terminal. So I was kind of like, I was, I was tired. I wasn't feeling great. You know, I was like, whatever. So I go into this terminal and, and ready to get on that flight and it's full. And I'm like walking around. I'm like, let me sit for a second. That's when I ended up sitting next to her. It was really early in the morning, but I just remember I was sitting there watching Jane the Virgin because I was obsessed at the time. I was like, yes, let me get my episode in. And then he just came and like plopped down, like basically in my lap. He was that close. And I was like, okay, this guy does not have spatial awareness. I'm trying to watch my show. And he was like, kind of not like a mess, but like I could see all his stuff. So I could see that he was going to be sitting next to me because his ticket was just like, on top of me basically and I'm like of course this guy who doesn't have spatial awareness of course he's gonna sit next to me like why would that not be the case and then I just remember him getting up at some point to get in line to get on the plane 
And obviously I knew he was sitting next to me. So I was like, this is not our boarding group. What are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you up? And I was like, okay, spatial awareness. No. Follows the rules. No. So I was already like, oh, bless. I can't with this guy. And I just remember noticing his outfit. He had like this military uh, style shirt. It had like um, the camo print, like on half of it. And I remember that. And I remember his shoes. because I was like, oh, this guy's wearing dad shoes. I can't. Turns out that she was sitting next to me. So like when she came onto the plane, like she was doing one of those. I'm going to try to get my headphones in before I sit down. So nobody talks to me. But she has this beautiful smile. And she had this smile, but was trying to get the headphone in. And, you know, as a guy like, hey, this beautiful girl is smiling at you. She must want to talk to me. Right. So by the way, I started talking to her. And so immediately he's like, oh, weren't you sitting next to me out in the terminal? So like before I can even get my butt in the seat or get him to get up so I can get in my chair because I was the middle and he was the aisle. We're already chatting. He's already like started the conversation. We just started talking. It was it was very natural. And we were stuck on a tarmac for like an hour. There's a delay. And we were just talking all the time before the flight took off. I did try. I had these tickets to a festival and I was like, yo, you want to go to a festival? And she's like, no, like, I don't know you. I'm not just going to some random festival. I was like, okay. Whoa, I don't even know you. You could be crazy. I can't go to and the festivals like in Chicago. I'm living in LA at that time. I'm like, so I don't know you. I'm going to fly to Chicago and go to a festival with you. No, no, sir. But we talked about everything like work, travel, likes, dislikes. We talked about spirituality. What we like to do, which is travel about experiences, about um, like how we look at the world, about her shitty movie selection. Um. <laughs> Stream of consciousness, almost it felt like we were just jumping from topics, but seamlessly. It was just so natural. We watched a couple of movies. It was very like organic. It was, um, I like, I've met people in the past and there's a lot of, um, I call it infatuation. And then there's like chemistry and there's like excitement, right? And what happened here was like calm and quiet and like natural. It wasn't forced. It wasn't like overly excited, but it was like, just, it just like fit like two pieces of a puzzle just fit. The guy who was next to me by the window, he was asleep the whole flight. And for him, especially because it was clear when we got on, we didn't know each other, but when he woke up for the end of the flight, you could see that he was like, wait, what happened? Like, cause you know how conversation progresses and like, we were just so familiar immediately. So I know for him, he was like, huh? As we were getting off the plane, I think even before, like as we were about to get up and leave, he was like, can I walk you off or walk off with you? And I'm like, well, obviously we're in the same aisle. We're going to be walking off together. <laughs> and then he was like, something, something happened, happened here. here. I don't know what it is. And I want to come back in a week and I want to see what this is about. He was like, there's just something and I'm coming back. We're going to hang out. We're going to see what's going on. And in my head, I was like, yeah, sure. You're coming back. Like you just met me. You're just going to come back in a week to hang out. I was like, Okay, buddy. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> and then we walked out and then we said goodbye. And like, I gave a hug and a kiss in the cheek. And she got all awkward. She's like, bye. She didn't kiss me back. She just kind of like ran off. It was just so awkward because one of my best friends, uh, I was living with her at the time and her parents were picking me up. And so I'm like, I don't want anybody to see that I met this guy randomly. And so I was like, oh, bye. I just like ran away. And yeah, I remember messaging my brother. I have a screenshot of it. I was like, I met this beautiful, sarcastic, talented, like amazing woman, like the girl of my dreams. As soon as I got off the flight, I texted my best friend and I texted my sister. And I was like, so I just said, so I met a guy because I was like, I don't want to jinx it by saying too much. So 
I definitely told them and I told my best friend, I was like, okay, there's this guy, like there's something different because I was like, I could just feel as soon as we started talking or like just something about our energies was just so aligned. And I was just like, still so excited about our exchange on the plane. I like texted him as soon as I got in the car and this kid like waits hours to respond back to me. In my mind, I had to go find my friend. I've never been to LA. I had to figure out how to get there. So I know she messaged me like pretty much when she got in the car. And um, I kind of ignored it for a few hours because I was trying to figure out where I was going. And then we started messaging back and forth. And I was like, yeah, so I'm coming back to LA in a week. So like, we got to figure out what we're going to do. And she was like, yeah, I figured like you just show up and we go watch a movie and get, eat dinner. I'm like, listen, I'm flying back to LA to hang out with you. We're going to do a lot more than just watch a movie and like eat dinner. Like, this is not how this is going to go. And I remember her like not being helpful. I was like, okay, I need to make a decision on this. So let's get on the call. Let me call you and uh, let's figure it out. Right. And he swears that I ignored his phone call. And <laughs> she did the classic like, oh, my phone is dying. But my phone was dying. So I'm like, I cannot sit on the phone with you if I have a dead phone. He thinks I just ignored him because I'm awkward on the phone. I don't like talking on the phone. Uh, we set a time to talk and we wind up FaceTiming for like three hours. Still talking. I mean, as if the eight hours on the flight wasn't enough. Like we had like three hours more and like, I don't like talking on the phone. And there's, it was just so easy. We could, probably could have talked the whole night. And that was like another moment where after we hung up, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, what is this? So. I flew back to LA. I rented a, I was trying to, you know, turns out she doesn't care about cars at all. I was trying to like, <laughs> I like, I rented a convertible, a little Mercedes convertible. Some kind of nice cars. So I don't even know what kind of car it was. I just knew that the top was down and I was like, oh no, because I, I actually had just gotten my hair done. It was only a few days, but we, we did, we did a lot of, like, it was very simple, but we did a lot of eating found brunch spots. We went to uh, some day trips to the beach. Uh, we ate a lot of uh, baguette and cheese and just chilled inside. And uh, it was just awesome. Like we just spent a lot of time together. We did have the first kiss. I think it was like, it was definitely the first night. It was like the vibes were there because it felt like on the plane that already felt like 50 dates packed into one. Like we just knew so much about each other's lives at that point. And by the time he was supposed to leave, it was just so like heart-wrenching. Like I wasn't ready to leave. Like we went to brunch that day and I was just so, I couldn't stop being sad. I was just like, I'm not ready for you to leave. Like, I'm not ready for this to be done. I'm a very like emotional, sensitive person. Right. And she's a, she's a very logical person. Like everything is very logic driven. Right? She likes to solve emotion with logic, but she was like visibly like upset, but she didn't want to say it. And I was like, we were both kind of upset that it was ending. And I was like, listen, let's just look at what flight I'm on. And uh, if there's a seat available, like, why don't you just buy a ticket and come back to New York? And if there's a seat left, then we know that that's what we should do. And it turns out there's a seat empty next to me. So we're like, okay, like, how much clearer can this be? So then I booked the ticket and I left that day with him. I think I was there for two, maybe three days of us hanging out. And then I got an audition call and I was like, oh, got to go back. Like, I need to do this. This is my career. I've been doing this. You just got here. I got to do this. I remember driving her to the airport and there was traffic and we were late and like she wasn't really admitting it, but we were both hoping that we would just miss the flight. And I was like ready to just take the next exit and be like, yo, let's just get pizza in Brooklyn. This is a really cool spot. And I didn't because I was like, listen, if that's what she needs to do, I can't, I can't make her change her mind. Clearly we want to be around each other all the time. So we made a plan to like, when we were together, we would plan the next time we would see each other. 
he was like, okay, so I'll come see you in like three weeks or something, which now that I think about, I'm like, that was so long. But by the next time he came back to LA, it was just like, okay, and you're moving back with me. And also like at that time I had gotten, I worked with an artist in New York. He had um, asked if I wanted to go on tour with him and perform. And it was going to be eight weeks starting in New York and rehearsals and everything. So I was like, okay, is this timing like not perfect? So I just packed up everything and got back on the flight that he was on. Moved back. Basically, it was it was done. It was like, okay, we're a thing. Uh, we moved in together. She moved into my place in New York and we've been in a relationship ever since. Again, it was contradicting where I was at in life and how I felt about relationships. So like my attitude at the beginning was like, hey, we'll just hang out and see where it goes. And she knows if something's real or not. Like this goes back to her like being a genuine person and she's also very patient and she, she doesn't need validation. She doesn't need outside like telling us. So the, the way we were interacting and the way our energy was proved to her what our situation was. So when I would say those things, she in her mind, she would just, in, in hindsight now, like in her mind, she would just be like, yeah, okay, like you need a few months to like, you figure out where you're at, that's fine. Like I, I know where we're at. But it just kind of just fit. I've never had an experience like that before. I think I got over the phone thing, at least with him, very quickly. Because especially once I got back to New York, I think we only had like two or three weeks together before I started the tour. So we were, we had a plan. We spoke every night once I got to the next location and then we'd be texting all day. So we FaceTimed nightly. It was a little torturous because it's like a new relationship and you're like, I just want to be with that person all the time. We got engaged in October, 2019. And it's funny because we actually picked our wedding venue before we got engaged. Like just everything, we just knew that we wanted to get married and like we knew we wanted a destination wedding because we're always traveling. I proposed to her in Italy. Um, it's funny cause like we keep having these like travel things. We were in the West in LA, then we were in Vegas and we went from Vegas to Italy. And we flew over DC, which is where her mom lives, and the ring was there. So, so on the stopover, I had to sidebar message her mom and meet her in the in the airport without her seeing that she was meeting me in the airport, which I I pulled off, which is surprising. Um, got the ring, and I proposed to her in 2019, October of 2019. We're actually supposed to get married in 2020, but like we postponed like three times now because of COVID, but. It's coming soon. We want to travel. Like, that's a big part of our lives. She has the performing arts. I'm in the, in the marketing and in the tech industry, um, which gives me the flexibility. I'm very, you know, grateful for that. At, at one point, we want to find, like, our home base. I don't think we're ever going to settle. We're very comfortable being someone new. That makes sense. Like, whenever we're new, that's our comfort zone. And when we're in one place for too long, we get uncomfortable. But we do want to have a home base because that's where we want to raise our children, have a family, and when we're ready for that step. The images of the two of us in the terminal are definitely representative of us as people. Like I am very together and organized and collected in every fashion and Gabe is just fly by the seat of his pants. <laughs> yeah, the her being logical and me being emotional took a second to, to work out. Um, I had to essentially instruct her on like, hey, right now I'm having emotions. So like logic is not what we need. We just need like some love and affection and, and then we can apply the logic. So like it took a second and it was just literally me saying that. I remember the first time I was like 
feeling uh, feeling away about something and all I needed was like some affection and I had to tell her like this is where you give me a hug <laughs> and you just kind of that's it like and that's that's literally how that went she like gave me this hug and like tapped me on the shoulder like she didn't know what to do with it but now she's also gotten a lot better at letting the emotion like it's not a sign of weakness it's okay to be emotional but it you know took a while for her to feel like safe like I'm not gonna turn around and use that against her for example you know and so um and the logic driven part it comes from a place of like I want to resolve this and I have your best interests at heart but I'm not used to people always having my best interests at heart so if you go straight to logic then I'm gonna potentially assume that maybe what's your angle right and so like that's the part I had to get over I have to like remember like oh no when she goes to logic and she wants to solve a problem it's because she has your best interest at heart and she won't ever settle for 50%. She'll only settle for 100%. So it forces me to step up. So we had to learn how to, I had to learn how to receive it in our relationship. But it's it's good. Like, it's not easy, <laughs> you know, but it's good that we can openly communicate and get through the bumpy parts and figure it out. Equal Parts is produced by me, Maria Passingham. Thank you, Audio Network, for the music. And thanks and congratulations to Gabe and Christina, another couple who have said their vows since we recorded. You can see wedding pics and follow Gabe and Christina's journey on Instagram. They're at Swell Through the World. There's a new piece of original artwork for every episode of Equal Parts. Today's story has been distilled into a dreamy piece by Tanuka Fagboran. Thank you, Tanuka. Go to equalpartspodcast.co.uk to see this illustration and all the previous artwork from the show. You can find transcripts for each episode on the website too. Links for all of this in the show notes. Next week, what's behind the work banter? I can't even remember if I said hello um, or introduced myself, but I did inform her that she was using the wrong glasses. Who does this person think he is telling me how to do my job? I told her and she snapped. I can't remember what she said, but she just snapped and gave me some abuse. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Who are you to come round this bar and tell me what to do? He just kind of found it funny that I was annoyed with him. And it was like, well, how do you find that funny? I'm fuming at you and you're just kind of laughing. <laughs>